Richard Hager. Maynard. Real estate agent, broker, appraiser, all of those things, right? You bet. I found an extra, I guess, about $30 million. I'm thinking of moving into a house that's on the preservation list. I need some tips from you. I'll have to have it appraised, and uh, I don't know where to start. What do you think? Oh, what you're dealing here with and talking about are homes that are on the national or state or county or city historic preservation board. Each government level has a, a board. Each has a different criteria for homes. But what they're looking for uh, is incredibly unique homes of architecture, style, construction, something along those lines. And then they'll put them on these lists. Now, once you're on this list, it's difficult to get off. That's what I understand. And I know somebody that does live in just a gorgeous mansion on Capitol Hill near mm-hmm. Volunteer Park. Beautiful, beautiful old home. Probably seven, 8,000 square feet. And he said, yes, he owns the home, but he's really a steward of yes. the home. Yes. He has to keep it in good repair. Mm-hmm. He can't change anything. He just has to maintain. That's it. That's is that part the of preservation the, board? Is that the rule? It Pretty much it is. So there's some trade-offs there. When you get these unique architectures, unique style of construction, we just did one up on Queen Anne at the whole exteriors, all terracotta. Ooh, is that nice. It's like a, a pottery, and that's the whole exterior it's of the made house. Of tile? <laughs> it's made of tile. It looks like a shower? No, it looks more like the White House and just a limestone, but this is all in a tile. So you get houses like this or huge brick ones of 15,000, 20,000 square feet built in the turn of the century. And people, when they put them on this historic preservation boards, usually the exchange is they don't have to pay so as much in property taxes. So their taxes go down, but now they're burdened with the fact of the exterior of the house has to remain the way it is, sometimes the interior. Well, I would think if you're moving into a house like that, you would want to keep it the same. You would, but a lot of people come in there and they'll blow out windows. They'll put in additions. They want to change it. Bill Gates? Yeah. Uh, Paul Allen, are those homes on the preservation list? No. When you run into, like, uh, Paul Allen's, Bill Gates's house, they're not on historic landmarks. They're, they're not going to be. Um, more than likely, those are just big homes for those people alone. And when you deal with Paul Allen's or others, they're kind of hidden and out of the way. Let me ask you this. Okay. How many homes in Seattle are on the preservation oh, list? dozens upon dozens of them. Particularly, you go up by Volunteer Park, Cap Hill, Queen Anne, Magnolia. There are homes scattered all around that are on these historic landmarks. I would think that would be considered rather prestigious if one lives in a landmark. It can be because some of these houses, again, they're on this list because they're so unique. And now you have a list saying this is unique. What are the challenges of appraising something like this? They're they're tough on us. First of all, costs go through the roof. It can take literally two, three weeks, sometimes four weeks to create these appraisals. And think of this. We have to find a comparable. Well, it's on the National Historic List because it's unique. Hello. Finding a comparable isn't, isn't really so out there. So the, you can't find one, you just charge more. I just charge, yeah, okay. on something. So, But we find sales of other homes that are on National Historic lists. So we consult the list, we pull them up, and then we cross-reference it trying to find sales. And it takes us a long, long time to do it. Richard Hager. Maynard. Thank you.